0: Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people, with news, views and expert interviews.
1: Hi, and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall, and I'm joined, as always, by Pete the Builder, Peter Finn. Hi, Pete. How are you doing? All good, Steve. All good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. And looking forward to another great interview. We've had recently a number of guests in a a series we're calling Females in Focus, and... We've been speaking to some amazing women in engineering, construction, you know, around those sort of industries and and finding out, obviously, about what they do and some of the amazing projects they've worked on, but also what it's like being a woman trying to get into the industry and progress in the industry. And we've got Magda on today, who has a brilliant story to tell. Yeah,
2: Emma and, and Magda have a, have a great conversation really gave us an insight into what's it like to be a woman coming into and, you know, what would have been a male-dominated industry when when she started off. And it was very interesting to, to hear her story. Her family does have some engineering in the background, um, as in as in its history, and, and her father was a mathematician. But Magda started off as a ballet dancer and quite a successful one by the sounds of it. And then um, she had to make a decision then as to what her career was going to be going forward. And very early in her life, she chose engineering as the path forward. And, uh, you know, it, it obviously was a very wise decision because she has excelled in her field. So it's a really, really good story. It, it, you know, she, she's very honest and uh, very open about her, her struggles and her successes. And she's from Poland originally, and, and then obviously English wouldn't have been her first language. So what it was like for her to have to learn a new language and then to then work with that uh, language, then because there's one thing, you know, learning a language, but then there's another thing when you actually start trading or working uh, in a working work environment. You know, it, it wasn't an easy an easy transition to go from uh, where she was living to working internationally as well. So it was great to hear her explain how she had to work hard to to get there and get her first break. And then once she did, then obviously uh, uh, her network opened up massively and then she had the ability then to connect with other people and learn so much and to be involved in some,
1: some really, really interesting projects as well. Well, let's hand over to Emma Nicholson and Magda and we'll come back at the end and chat more.
3: So I am a chartered environmentalist and principal sustainability project manager with a national multidisciplinary consultancy working in the built environment. I've worked as a project manager and also in sustainability in the built environment for about 25 years previous board trustee with the Women's Engineering Society. Um, I'm EDI specialist interest group chair of the Women's Engineering Society and a member of the Chartered Institute of Buildings EDI advisory group uh, and I founded Women in Sustainable Construction and Property LinkedIn group in 2011.
0: So my name is Magdalena Sarton. I'm the civil structural engineer by background. My current role is Global Reliability Excellence and Engineering Senior Director for a multinational company called Cargill in the agricultural business. Um, My background, I've worked in various industries. I started in residential, um, then moved into commercial, um, also uh, industrial. I work also in oil and gas companies and uh, offshore platforms and in the refining and chemical plants. I've been in the engineering design roles and passed, I would say, 10 years in the leadership roles.
3: So I'm super excited to be here and share with you my career and experiences. Mado, it's a real pleasure to meet you. And you have had such an inter- interesting career in engineering and also strong leadership roles. Can you tell us how you got into engineering and what really motivates you with regards to engineering? Yes, sure, Emma.
0: So this was a little bit interesting story because I've never planned to be an engineer. Um, when I was younger, I was trained to be a professional ballet dancer, which you couldn't be further away from engineering. So how did I get into it? I got a little bit of help, I would say, from my father. He very early re- re- realized that, um, I'm very good in math and physics. That, in a country, so I'm from Poland, uh, maybe being a ballet dancer wasn't the best career for somebody who also had lots of different hobbies like horse riding, very expensive ones. So he kind of you know had a conversations with me about my plans. And at the age of fifteen, I had to make uh, my first um, decision. And I did it by myself with his guidance okay, what do I want to do in my life? Um, Where do I want to focus? And um, very simple, how I'm going to earn for that. And at the time, engineering just seemed like the right choice um, because of the skills I had. So I applied to university in Poland. You need to pass the exams to get the places. I
3: got, uh, got the place, and I think that's how it all started In terms of the inspiration with regards to your career, was it a family member? Was it your father who inspired you? Was it a particular role model that inspired you to go into engineering?
0: I wouldn't say that anybody in particular inspired me. I would say I did come from the family of engineers um, and mathematicians. So my dad was a mathematician. My two uncles, my dad's uh, brothers one was civil engineer he was designing roads and another one was mechanical engineer working at the <clears throat> shipyard and my auntie was accountant so i kind of saw them as a role model of having um, a really good and interesting job with all honesty at that age i was 18 when i kind of made that decision I didn't know if I really want to be a civil structural engineer. I think that passion developed later on in a career once I graduated. Well, even during the university, I've realized I really loved solving problems. Um, I really loved technical drawings. And really, until I went to work and start seeing that what I'm designing then is built and I could follow that through. That's where the really passion ignited in me. So maybe it's not like a typical uh, career that somebody dreamed about being an engineer from the very young age, but what it does show is that you don't have to have it, everything sorted when you, you know, die young and choosing a path in engineering can be very, very uh, successful and rewarding. I, never dreamed that I will get to the point where where I am now. I've never dreamed I would be working for international companies, traveling around the world, living in different countries. So I would definitely recommend to give it a try, even though if somebody
3: doesn't feel like that's what they want to do. And what's been the most interesting engineering project that you've completed?
0: So that's really a difficult question, Emma, because um beauty about engineering and project is every project is different. And at different stages of the career, I had the privilege to work on, for example, demolishing and building a huge office building in the middle of Edinburgh City Centre, which then a few years later, when I travel in a bus, I could proudly say to a friends and family, look, this is the 10-story building I've designed. Through the career, as I said, it, it was very interesting. I've um, worked on offshore platforms. I think at the time I was in my 30s, and that was one of the biggest challenges. It was taking engineering into a next level. Um, I've worked on the very impressive project to mountain crane replacement on a platform. And well, the engineering was very difficult, but also trying to figure out how are we gonna do it right everything on the offshore platform is delivered by a boat and picked up by the crane and so it was super interesting i work with very very um subject matter expert very intelligent and knowledgeable people which i've learned and um i love that another great great project i i lived in states and i i was a subject matter expert on the 2.5 billion refinery extension, and we were using uh, modularization. So modules been designed in India. So I had opportunity to travel to India and work with the uh, office, uh, engineering office. Then modules were fabricated in Thailand. Then they were shipped to US. So all of that phases, I, I would say it, it was super fascinating to be a part of to work with the international companies and, and international engineers at the time. But any project is
3: is so unique that uh, I, I found it um, always fascinating. <laughs> so you have a lot of international experience and uh, for any engineer sort of starting out, I mean, how what kind of advice would you give to anyone who wants to sort of begin a start an international career? And I would say go for it.
0: <laughs> the biggest challenge is people hold themselves back. they they don't take the opportunity they feel, especially females. I found it with myself and I found it with all the females I'm mentoring. You know, give yourself the opportunity and and look for those opportunities. And be patient. I tried, for example, to, to get to international company for over five years and it was not happening. I was getting really, really frustrated till one day I met a person who, who helped me get the connections. Also, um, yeah, networking, um, getting involved in in the external industry practice or organizations where you can get a connections and you can, you can make that connections. Uh, and, and people are always willing to help. But I would say definitely put yourself out there. I think this is the most scary and um, could be limiting um, to your career.
3: And are there any particular skills that someone who is starting out as an engineer might need to nurture? Um,
0: So that's a really good one. I I
3: would say definitely communication, um,
0: being on the top of the new technologies, skills um, like software skills, Adaptability. I would say all those soft skills they don't teach you at school, right? At the, the engineering school, they do teach you how to design things, but really, how to be a practical about it. I would say also it's really, really good to get a different experiences. So if somebody is working in the office and the designing, put yourself out there and get an assignment on the side, on a construction site, on on a building. So. It, the understanding of the whole project from the conceptual to the design to the um, construction and, and then commissioning, the understanding of the whole process really, really helps through the career, through the uh, engineering. And, yeah, the, the soft skills, um, um, leading without authority, right? Don't be afraid that if you are not a manager, if you are not um a director, you can still lead the teams, you can still learn those skills and utilize them on your day-to-day basis.
3: Could you tell us a bit about your mentoring experience, Magda? It is on your um, LinkedIn profile and I understand that you, you mentor graduates. Yes, not only graduates. So I um,
0: come across mentoring late in my career and I really think that if that happened earlier, I can have a much, much better experience in in the engineering. So um, I'm very passionate about mentoring, sharing the knowledge, using coaching techniques to help people figure out how to approach certain situations. I'm not only mentoring graduate, but I'm also mentoring people in mid-career very devoted in my company to to mentor females, especially because it is a very, very challenging environment. And there are certain things we face or we go through that sharing those experience helps others within their journey and their career. For example, the things I'm coming across during the mentoring females is how usually at the meetings in this environment is mainly dominated so you might be the only one right most of the people are outside of the comfort zone uh, because the others don't look like you right There could be a lot of alpha males in the room are very confident loud so how to help females get their voice out there how to help females feel that their voice is very valued, that the knowledge is valued, that their um, opinion is valued and they should be able to express that at any meeting or in any environment. I had to learn that myself by try and error um, because I didn't have a mentor. So I, I really loved working um, and helping in, in that space. Also helping people to speak to talk about through their career development. But especially, right, I've at a certain point of going, going back to females' um, struggles, maybe in, in engineering is, for example, when I become a mom, right, uh, and came back to work after maternity leave, Uh, there was no room provided for me. I was working on a refinery plant and I had to have the courage to go and have a conversations with my supervisor and said, well, this is what I need. I'm still breastfeeding. I need a room to be able to to, to express. I need a fridge. And many females might feel embarrassed about it. I felt like, you know, my family is so important to me, and and um, I really need to do it and and put myself out there. And result was were amazing, right? Everything has been provided, and it wasn't unwillingness. It was more about um, lack of knowledge, maybe, of the men managers who didn't have to go through that situation. So it was a little bit about education, right? This is what I need, and I would have the conversation so uh, I had some females who were coming back from maternity leave another example and um, I could share those experiences another one was I've been missed opportunity to be promoted because it's been assumed that I'm gonna be a young mom well not that young but a and, um, I'm going to be too busy. I won't ha- want to have a promotion. So again, I had to challenge those, um, ways of thinking and say, well, let's not assume that, that that's what's going to happen. Let's have that conversation because maybe I would like to get the promotion and I will be able to do it. And, and the result I was and my family moved to US. And again, it was about having that conversation. So now in my leadership role, what I do try is not to make an assumption, right, and help those females Uh, be confident and have that conversation and help them. How how you can frame those conversations, um, which I'm really passionate about because I still feel that we as a society have a really long way to go. um, And education, uh, conversations, sharing those examples can really go a long way and help new generations to make engineering more attractive to females because it is really an amazing
3: career. That's a very good insight Magza being a working mother in the industry and how old are your children now They are still very young so I started I would say
0: quite late in, in, in my life but so my, my son is six and a half and my daughter is four
3: and do you have flexible working with regards to um, supporting you know your family do you achieve work-life balance? Yes, um, and um, this is another thing. Um, I had to make those
0: choices. I was in a role previously, which was not giving me that flexibility. And I had to make a really, really hard decision was was important to me. And I I choose the family. However, that played brilliantly. I'm in a much better place now. I have very um, high level job I'm, I'm still successful in my career but i got lots of flexibility so i'm working from home and um, i do need to travel so my husband's been very very supportive and um we've been you know obviously it needs some planning uh when i travel but um the work flexibility as a working mom really really helped me i wouldn't say get a work-life balance but definitely um uh, being able to enjoy both um, focus on the work, but also being devoted and focus on um, a mother and focus on the children.
3: Magda, do you have any further advice to give to female engineers who are wanting to start a family, but also they enjoy their career and perhaps, you know, wanting to broach that with the line manager or, you know, thinking about family planning?
0: I would say uh, what what did help me is to be very honest and transparent with the manager, right? Um, And not being afraid to to say what you need, what your plan's going to be. One doesn't exclude another. You can have a family and don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You can have a family, you can be a successful mother and you can be also very successful uh, professional individuals. It's all about integration and all about support, your partner support. I think for me, having my husband supporting my career and um, understanding the importance of it, it was really helpful. But also have that courage you know, to, to speak and align um, with your managers and assume that most likely it's just maybe lack of knowledge if, if they can see any barriers and and don't get upset about it. Just work through it um, and and have a very honest conversations. Because I love being a mom. I'm a very devoted mom. I, I all my free time I spend with my children. But at the same time, I love working and right. I, I love leading a teams. And um, I would say that even my career blossomed since I've been a mom. I've learned I learned so much from my children about the leadership about. <laughs> compromising about finding the the solutions which works for everybody that I I feel like I got a better leader and, and my career really um, took off since I've been a mom I remember very early stages I had to drop my two kids to daycare which was heartbreaking at the time and they would have attentions they wouldn't want to put a clothes on and I knew I need to be at eight o'clock at the very in- important meeting And, you know, you can feel that your blood pressure is raising. I had to find the ways, Okay, how to calm myself down, how to ground myself, how to understand where where are they and how can I help them to get those clothes on so I can do what I'm going to do. And I've noticed that with my children, obviously, I, I did lose a patience now and then. But what I did notice and what I did learn is the calmer I am the faster they would cooperate with me, and the easier it would be for me to get through them and, and achieve what I needed to achieve for that moment. And I start utilizing that at work, right? There is various situations where you are at the heated discussions and it's so easy to get um, confrontational. You, you know, your, your, your blood pressure raise up, you start feeling in the flight mode, uh, run or fight. But those situations with my children help me to manage my own emotions and become a better negotiator as well. And I guess that's another thing is I really learned how to negotiate by negotiating with my children. Another very, very uh, interesting uh, situation. I, I took my little girl climbing. she's only she was three at the time, and she really wanted like a rock climbing we took her friend who was very scared my my girl is very brave and just watching them how they work together right how she show her and encourage her and how they climb together uh, made me think you know we as a leader should be doing the same climbing together helping each other um, that innocent um, really really was bringing me back to the core value of being a leader And the the value of the support and seeing the other girl, you know, how quickly, because of the help, because of the support, she built her confidence. Again, that could translate into a work, right? Having that mentor, having that sponsor, somebody who will say, hey, it's okay. It's okay to stretch yourself. It's okay to go in the area where you are scared of going. Um, It's okay to take a job where you feel oh my god i'm not fitting 100 percent, i'm not fitting 80 percent, it's okay if you if if you have the willingness and power to go so those situations if if you are really observant can really help your leadership skills you don't have to go to to the big courses to to learn you just need to observe and, and work with your children and 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 even if i look at my career since i've been a mother my career really progress faster than than before and maybe because i do have to balance better and when i'm at work i'm really at work and i'm really giving 100% or 200% of myself at work but then when i'm with the children i have a time to disconnect uh realign and then be fresh for
3: for the new challenges that's really fascinating to know magda now Um, with regards to your career what do you particularly enjoy about it? Emma
0: the the biggest part I enjoy now is to working with other engineers helping them solve the problems but also helping them with their career helping find the skills they may need to move forward finding them sharing my experiences this is the the biggest. Um, I still love projects I I do have the soft spot. I, I love to put a hat on and hard boots and go to the refining or, or chemical plants or any other manufacturing plants and, and have a conversations with people seeing the project being built. But I think at this point, um, working with younger engineers and and inspiring them is the most, most rewarding part of my job.
3: I'm going to ask you a question with regards to um, innovation in engineering. Um, Have you worked on an innovative project or perhaps developed an innovative idea?
0: Um, I've never been involved in like R&D or or innovative, but um, definitely applying innovative uh, ideas into the engineering, especially in the early phases of my career, was always of interest I am a bit of a geek I love new technologies um, I'm always looking into like you know 3D printing for the concrete how we can better and sustainable build our plants, our roads our structures I'm really pushing my teams now who who are working with me to think about that right how we can better more innovative way of doing stuff and and, and obviously more sustainable as a, as a mom and a female, I've, I'm very strong about our environment and uh, partially that's why i have now in the food industry to nourish the world in, in a sustainable way. I'm working for the company where sustainability and innovations are top priority. But personally, um, I have i wouldn't say that, that I work on any, but I'm definitely
3: now leading the teams who are. And how do you implement sustainability in your engineering projects, Magda?
0: Um So um, we are looking at different ways of um, reusing the energy for our productions. We are also uh, developing bio plants where we are using all our waste to then um, transform it and, and be applied somewhere else. So I would say the whole supply chain, re- we are redesigning and thinking to minimize the waste and how we can use the waste, how we can use the plastic, for example, and um, use it, reuse it to, to, to others. So, we are doing lots of joint ventures and studies, uh, especially in Europe and partnering with other major companies who are seeing the same problems and, and um, how we can reuse uh, those so, um, bioproducts to use for the future.
3: I want to ask you a question about, um, as well, about the loss of biodiversity, which is a significant issue um, globally. Can engineers somehow make a difference to this in their designs by, say, like working with landscape architects, for instance? Absolutely. We should be partnering with architects. Um, I would
0: say architects has primarily lead on on designing the architectural space, architect, um, civil structure. Or, or generally, engineers can support that. But I would say even thinking, so so even in my company, we were looking into um, inclusive facilities. And I gave you the example earlier, w- when I work in, in the refining plant, there was no uh, inclusive facility for mothers. But we still have uh, in the world uh, manufacturing plants, for example, where there is no even toilets for females. There is no lockers. There is no showers. So I think we as engineers, could have massive impact thinking about those things, thinking how we can be more inclusive in our design, how we can be inclusive in, in our work environment um, to um, attract
3: females um, and, and make their workplace uh, more pleasurable. I just want to um, expand on that, um, that point you've made, Magda, with regards to what more can be done to attract young girls and women into the industry and, and engineering profession.
0: Firstly, we should be showing more models, uh, female m- models, right? Um, when when you are a little girl, you're looking up, um, and um, I I don't remember what, when I was young, I saw many female engineers on TV, on interviews, or sharing their project or sharing their work, what they've been doing, uh, celebrating those females, architects uh, and, and engineers. Um, rewards but um we could we and, and i'm doing that going to schools um i went to my son's school he asked me to mommy could you come and share your work because i would like to be an engineer and even though he's a obviously a male um there's there's lots of girls and and we made together a board and i showed you know how fascinating it could could be that i was flying a helicopter that i was doing this i showed some fine photos and so so that's one part to encourage a younger and, and plant that seed that this could be amazing but I think in, in overall is um, there's a lot of education which needs to happen there needs to be a cultural change how males perceive females in the engineering and be more inclusive but also ask females to support each other um, and really reaching out to those younger ones um, and, and helping them because also, there's a big statistics, you know, female get into engineering, but when they hit them uh, mid-career, when they're trying to have the family, that's the hardest and they dropped out. So I think there is more support, even government support uh, for maternity leave, paternity leave, share share it. There still is
3: lots of could, could be really done to, to help that. So you're a fellow member of the Women's Engineering Society, member of um, the EDI's specialist interest group like myself what changes would you like to see over the next five to ten years with regards to um, the EDI agenda and women in engineering
0: well definitely I'm all about uh, numbers right so I really would like to start seeing increased uh, in and at each level because one thing is to bring females in, into the industry. Another very different is to keep them and to promote them. I really would like to start seeing more females in the leadership roles. Also, gender gap pay to be uh, basically eliminated. I know in the UK, we are quite lucky that governments require, especially the, the bigger organizations, to share the gender gap. But what strikes me is that there is still gender gap. And I think, you know, at this era, just basically we shouldn't be even talking about it. It should be really equal pay, uh, which would encourage females uh, to work in a really, um, you know, tougher environments uh, than maybe more female-orientated professionals. Um, So definitely from the increase of intake female into engineering mid roles and the high high roles like directors levels. I would love to see increase in that space.
3: You have such a diverse background in the engineering profession and also strong leadership skills being a director as well. Do you have a few last words to other engineers or younger people starting out a career in engineering? Try to be a leader from the early stages
0: of your career, not a boss, right? For, for me, being a leader is to work with people, um, be a servant leader. So give back whatever you get. But um, also, I guess, um, and, and recently we've been, we've been discussing that a lot in my company, the imposter syndrome is we all go through it. Don't let your fear hold you back. Go for it. Because what the worst that could happen is, if not this time, it might happen the next time. For me, imposter syndrome can happen to anybody, and it happens to all of us at different uh, intensity. It's nothing else than the fear, the fear of unknown, the fear of failure, the fear of putting yourself out there. And for me, it always happened in the biggest turns in, in my career, right? So First, it was when I decided to move from Poland, you know, the country I knew to live in Scotland, where I had a barrier of language. You know, I thought I could speak English, but I really struggled with the accent. So that, that was the first one. But I didn't let myself not go uh, and, um, and not try um, and it's been successful. I'm not saying that it was easy, but it ended up being very successful. Another big turn uh, in the career was when I decided to move into oil and gas, right, and work on an offshore platform for, for a young female in, in the engineering to make that decision. Uh, it was very frightening, I need to say. But again, um, you know, I had a always better vision where I want to go, what I want to do, and that vision was helping me through those uh, big turns in my career and I believe everybody and and female as well have female and males have uh, have those uh, moments that basically imposter when you feel like you don't fit in you don't you are not good enough uh, you're gonna be find out that you are not as good as you thought or not as good as they think we all have that it's, it's just how do you manage it how do you find the support uh have your support system you know your mentor your your um coach maybe you even your husband for me my husband recently has been the biggest support because he would remind me and ground me back say you know A well, few years ago you were saying the same things and look where are you now look what, what you've achieved you know that those little words, are, uh, words are, are helping. I would say we all have it because it's, it's nothing else than than just the, the fear of unknown. And some people have it stronger, some um, less, but we we all have it. And and I I definitely experienced that in my career. I would just say be persistent and and have a bigger goal, the goal which is bigger than you and the kind of north star which which will guide you and it's like, right, OK, I want to get there. And, and I'll persevere through through those moments. And then everybody, and especially myself, right, it was getting easier and easier and easier and easier. And within the career um, later, go. It, it was happening faster as well. But I always had, where do I want to go? What do I want to achieve? Who I want to inspire? Something bigger than myself. Helping me, saying right, no, I'm gonna go through it, um, and I'm not gonna let it stop me. And and maybe it's easy for me to say, but um, the things do happen. Sometimes they happen by coincidence. Sometimes they happen because you drive, you drive your career or or spe- specific interest. But I would say be open, uh, be adaptable, and um, be hopeful, and it will. You will be surprised where the career can take you. I really hope going in the future we we will create an environment where we all can feel valuable, that we adding a value, that we all can have a fulfilling careers, that there is the understanding that more diverse team you have, and I'm talking about various diversity, age diversity, right? Diversity is not only female-male is different experiences different countries different languages different upbringing those have massive impact on the decision making and and innovation i think it's crucial for innovation to have those diverse teams with the broader mindset uh, with people who can challenge each other otherwise we will continue going in the same direction also having diverse teams and the teams who truly believe in the sustainability and, and making our this planet needs to serve my my dream is that my children my children's children my children 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 you know will still have this amazing planet to live in and we all as engineers can can really help governments and um society to see that and, and works towards it that is gonna be a beautiful place for for um decades to come
1: This is Constructive Voices. Well, another fascinating interview in our Females in Focus series. Uh, Emma talking to Magda there about her career journey. And I think just to to pick up on something she talked about, particularly at the end there, talking about imposter syndrome and something which I think it's, it's well documented that women often, you know, or certainly women will talk about having suffered imposter syndrome. More than men will perhaps talk about it, but I'm not sure necessarily that men suffer from imposter syndrome any less. It's just like everything—we don't talk about it, Pete. But it's it's a big one, isn't it? With people feeling like you know I shouldn't be doing this, I'm not good enough to do this. And actually, you need then those people to empower you and say, "No, absolutely, you are on the right route. You are good enough to be doing this, and you have a bright future ahead of you." Yeah, without the shadow, without,
2: and um, I would agree with you there. I think it's a human trait. It's not a it's nothing to do with your gender you know when you're someone who is is going into a situation where you haven't been before and yes you've had a certain amount of training or yes you've you know you have a qualification but then you're you're thrown into a real world situation or or, or obviously if it's a group or a a different country that you're going to and you've different cultures and different aspects floating around you can absolutely doubt yourself and you can certainly start rethinking should I be here and <laughs> why am I here and it, it, it was a really really honest and open expression of emotion there and and, and, a, and a true uh, insight into what it's like to be a female coming from a different country working in a different country with a different language and how that made her feel so you know fair play to, to Magda that was really really good to hear and I'm very insightful to, to hear how she managed it and, and, and where it took her. Imposter syndrome is is it's a really cool word that's come out over the last few years, but I think it's an it's an emotion that I was experiencing mm-hmm. for a lot and awful lot of my career. And it's how you do manage that. And it's 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 really got to do with who's around you and who helps you get past that. But you know, I also think it's good to to be grounded from time to time, and kind of, you know, sometimes we can we can kind of be the big fish in our own little pond. But then when we 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 enter into a different network of people or, or a different sense of environment, we get a little dose of reality that you know there are other people out there that are probably more educated or understand that situation better or more qualified than, you know, other people that you've been dealing with. And that's when it that's that's when the confidence can get a bit rattled. But that's that's life. And it it does. What what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I look back on moments in my own career when I went, oh, like I can remember, you know, how am I going to get this job done? How am I going to make this job work? I did make them work and I did get them done and it did give me the experience to take forward with me so i really enjoyed then as well the fact that magda then discussed how becoming a mother has also massively Mm. helped her in her career i i I really could relate to it because i'm i'm a father and I've got got three daughters, and there's no doubt about it. The the skills that I've <laughs> I've had to had to learn, and, and the skills that I've, I've I have to work on a daily basis, really do help me in my in my career. <laughs> negotiation skills, and uh, you know, just dealing with people in in different um, situations. And
1: well, you know what, Pete, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it, certainly not in such a, a an eloquent way as Magda did yeah. uh, about how. She feels that her uh, becoming a mum and the experiences there, and kind of all the stuff with juggling school runs and all the different things you need to do, the organisational skills and and the compromises you mentioned, yeah. how that's made her a better leader. I don't think I've ever heard anyone put it in those terms before, but it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, it
2: does. Of course, it makes sense. And you know, we we draw from our, our life skills to, to to guide us in in decisions that we make, and sometimes you can you can quite often tell a bit about a person's lifestyle by how they are in terms of their business life as well the reality of every professional's life you know there's times when you you're running to a meeting and you're trying to organize kids to be collected or brought to a training session or you know a, a ballet session or whatever it is that that that's going on in someone's life and then you have got to uh, also then Open the door of the meeting and walk in all professional and go, okay, hi, how are you? I'm ready here for the meeting. So it was cool stuff. And uh, outside of that also, what a brilliant interview and what a great insight into into what it's like to be a female in in the in our, our industry, the construction industry. So well done, Magda. It was a super interview and well done, Emma as well. Really, really well conducted.
1: Absolutely. And there are already a few episodes that we've published and more to come on our Focus on Females episodes. So well worth listening to those as well, because, you know, some really, really good insights, different perspectives. That's what we're all about here on Constructive Voices. And Pete, we'll talk again next time. Absolutely, Steve. Chat you now my man. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive
3: Voices. Here's the latest episode.
1: And on our website, where there's lots more information too. That's Constructive. -voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something.